0: Well, this is Renee Calva, my husband and I pastor at Living Waters Church, and uh, from time to time we have the privilege of having guests in with us uh, that come to share some of those that uh, we partner with in their ministry, and they come in to share and often bring a word. But there's only so much you can do on a Sunday morning, and so uh, this is an opportunity for us to have a deeper conversation. And today I have at the table with me Brad and Kim Campbell of Gather One, and um, they are dear friends to us here at Living Waters. Uh, We are becoming fast friends, and um, they are ones—I don't know if you have those people in your life that when you talk with them, you have your best God thoughts. They are those people in my life, and uh, so I'm excited to be here talking with them uh, welcome to you, Brad and Kim. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much. It's yeah, good, to, it's be good to be
0: here. It's awesome to have you with us. Um, we've had them here to be able to share with us uh, here at Living Waters a few different times. Uh, but I always like to be able to provide a little bit more of a backstory um, and then just kind of see what's on their hearts beyond what they would share on a Sunday morning And so I would love to hear a little bit, if you want to give us a bit of your uh, elevator presentation on Gather One, just to kind of give a little bit of a a foundation there. Tell us a little um, about Gather One, what your purpose is, and um, where your ministry is operating. Okay. Elevator pitch. That means we have to do it in two minutes or less. We're so we well, all around that. We're, we're easy. We're easy.
2: So um, Brad and I began uh, serving in the nations 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, the reason that we named our organization Gather One is, is that we were finding ourselves really um, searching for the one. And our mission statement is to bring lost sons and daughters home into family because we've seen such transformation for um, children, for youth coming into the security of a godly family. Mm. And so we go out looking for lost sons and daughters, and we began our mission in South Sudan in 2012 and we are currently serving in several locations. We have a children's center in Pakistan, in Ethiopia, in Kenya, and we're soon to open up another one in South Sudan again. Mm -hmm. So because of the war in South Sudan, we had to relocate into Ethiopia, but we feel like God is sending us back there to reclaim that land. And um, we also have a discipleship center in Greece that focuses primarily on refugee populations and those seeking Jesus from other faiths. And so that would be a broad stroke of Gather One. Um, You can certainly learn more about us if you go to gatherone.org. Awesome.
1: Um,
2: But we're just two little people that love Jesus and try to uh,
0: bring in the harvest. Wow. That that is a broad stroke, even in um, you know that you have ministries that are based in so many different nations. Um, talk a little bit about that, even, and um, how how you came into full time missions, and then how those became the places that you began to serve what what was it like first to come into a call of full-time missions to know this is what we want to do do you want to take that breath
1: sure so we our our entry into missions was not uh, normal i would say we um, we had a friend of ours visiting us, and she would do these short term mission trips. And she would she asked us one time as she was visiting us, she said, "Do you want to go? I'm going to do a mission trip to Africa sometime next year. Do you want to go?" And we just flat out said no. Didn't think about it. Didn't pray about it. Didn't that was, it. Just was not on the radar. And we just said no. And well, she, we
2: were youth pastors, right at the time. So that so you that's a your intro into missions. Yes. <laughs> you
0: had a different assignment at the time. Right. Yeah. Right.
1: And so right and so she said she said, "Well, would you at least pray about it and see?" And we thought, "Well, I mean, yeah, but we're not going." I mean, <laughs> so anyway, the long the long and the short of it is we prayed, we ended up going on that trip. Um leaving out some of the details there. It, it's it's kind of an amusing story but we we ended up going against our own will but we have always decided you know Kim and I both are very passionate about the Lord and who he is and we never want to refuse him. Mm. And so when it when it's made clear then we want to say yes. And so so we went on this short-term trip it was a 2-week trip and while we were there in one of the one we visited three different countries and in one of those places when we were in Kenya we really felt the Holy Spirit fell on us and it was like life and destiny and purpose and just it was just the power and the presence Mm -hmm. of the Lord and we just thought, Oh my God, what are you doing? What God, what are you doing? Yeah. And so from that time on we and you know at the beginning, we were praying. We're, you know, we're not going to Africa. We're not going to go. And then we came home from that trip praying, "God send us to Africa." Mm-hmm. And so that's how we got started. Um, and it's honestly, it's been just sort of a step by step. You know, if you purpose in your heart to say yes to the Lord, He'll get you where you need to be. And so it's it's been a step by step process, and just saying yes. As faithfully as we can along the way, and so we ultimately ended up in South Sudan. And you know, as Kim was saying, we were youth pastors at a small church in Omaha, Nebraska. And mm-hmm. when we felt like we got the the call to South Sudan, we did a, a bunch of research, and we found out that it was a. a it was half the population was under the age of 14. It was 44% of the population was under the age of 14. And we're thinking, okay, youth pastors, this is our assignment. This is we're we're ready to go. We're right. charged It's like and ready. we
2: struck gold. That's like, the, right. these are <laughs> our really people old. to go. <laughs> <Yeah>. exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly. And so so we ended up in South Sudan and and we were there for a few months before we actually started bringing in kids and um uh, we started off with four kids that came to us, and in that time, you know, we had our two teenage daughters with us, and um, the girls got sick, we got sick, the kids that we were bringing in were sick, it was just, it was a, it was a really challenging <laughs> time. and so.
0: So when you left Omaha, Nebraska, to go to South Sudan, you knew we're. This is. We're going to live here. Mm-hmm. Like at that point, you knew we're called to go and to plant here. Was it a you know sell everything, pack up, go kind of a thing? Was it it? We'll go for a while and s- put our stuff in storage. And no, we were. We we're just kind of all in. <laughs> <laughs> and. and um,
2: um, Actually, we've expanded all of our locations by the word of the Lord and dreams and visions, hmm. and just following God in, in that way. the The supernatural's very um, alive to us, and um, we were all in. and We talked to our teenage daughters, and they thought that was the adventure of a lifetime. Wow! And it was at the time; it was the world's newest nation. Mm. And uh, we've always had a heart for children and youth, and really preparing the next generation of believers. Yeah, um, we feel like there there's a strength in in that generation that will be the end time army of God, mm. and we want a piece of that action.
1: <laughs> but so, okay, if I could just to go back to your your question, there was a time you know we were preparing we were mostly we sold some things we gave a lot of things away and then we packed up i think we counted we had 14 suitcases and that was it we didn't have anything in storage we just and we
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know canceled our phone service can, you know canceled our lease can, like canceled everything and and went and it was it was terrifying there were moments where you know kim and i <laughs> as, as parents and as you know i mean we're kind of in this big experiment we really don't know what we're getting ourselves into and you know we're on the airplane we've got our 14 suitcases in you know in the <laughs> in the luggage hold and our daughters and we're going what have we done <laughs> <laughs> but we are but that's the kind of the thing it's like you know kim is saying we're all in and that really is so key you can't, you really cannot be half in and half out of the kingdom it yeah. doesn't work like that and yeah. so that's kind of the way that we have that's the way that Kim came into the kingdom it's the way that I came into the kingdom and the way that we came into faith very separately but um that's just that's been our the way that we've operated mm-hmm. I think ever since and so
0: how do you steward that initial encounter where maybe you have a dream or a vision and it's like, yes, we're all in. How do you steward that in the moment that you just spoke of where we're on the plane, our kids are with us, what did we do? How do you steward the encounter as you walk out? Or like you said, we get there, we all of us are sick. Or how do you steward the Word of God that said go with walking that through?
2: Probably by taking our hands off and letting God be God Mm. and knowing that um, He's really with us in the fire and that there's going to be the best of times and the worst of times, but He never leaves us in the midst of that. Because it felt like, I'm not a big roller coaster fan, but it (laughs) felt like we were going up that steep one and the drop. And we, we didn't speak the language. There was, the, there was no infrastructure. So it was like this massive camping trip that never was going to end. <laughs> and we had our moments where we're like, God, is this you? Because the, the opposition is real. Yeah. And the glory is real. <laughs> and you have to choose this day whom you will serve. Yeah. And we were tested and tried. And I, I tell you, Renee, we had our biggest breakthroughs. Um, we, uh, I was the only one that didn't have malaria. Um, we had to evacuate Brad because he had malaria. He had cerebral malaria. Oh, my. And our greatest victory came after he had went back to the U.S. Um, my daughter and I wrapped up, and we went back to the U.S. and took a, a short furlough. And then we came back. And when we came back, everybody said, you're here. Mm. You came back. You're one of us now because you you suffered, you overcame, and now now you're one of us. Wow. And we began to see, like, signs and wonders and miracles. It, w- it was a beautiful year. But I got to tell you, on that plane ride going back with the history of how sick everyone was, that, that was a... Uh, taunting fear mm. that had to be overcome. You know, like, who, who's going to win this battle? Yeah. And can we give everything for the glory of God? Yeah.
1: One of my thoughts on that also, if I could just, this is something that just as I'm studying the Word and preparing and reading and just having some time, you know, one of the things that we kind of say in, in our culture of Christianity is we talk about things when things are difficult and we say well the grace is really lifted and Paul says God's grace is sufficient yeah and what that means is in suffering and in hardship we really have to rely <laughs> we have to rely on God we yeah. have to trust him that his grace is enough mm-hmm. and so um, it, it hasn't always been easy to steward. The leading of the Lord and the word of the Lord to us, but we never wanted to, yeah. to give up or turn back.
0: Talk a little bit like in over the last, you know, 12 years that you've been really in the nations, what are you seeing the Lord doing in the nations in, you know, I think for those of us who are, you know, mostly just where we're at locally, um, it's encouraging to hear what the Lord is doing and what are you seeing happen
2: There is so many answers to that because he's ever moving and he's in the least likely places with the least likely people. Mm. And um, we have been with with people who have had encounters with the man in white mm. that has led them to be seekers of Jesus uh, in a hostile background. We have... Um, Seen God moving amongst children. Um, in fact, our children now in our in our centers are are children of war. Their background is war and conflict. And when they found out Israel was in war, they hit the floor on their faces and said, "We know what this feels like," hmm. and we're crying out on behalf of Israel. And their pure little hearts move God's heart.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, He's coming back for his bride. Mm. And there's such a holiness and a, a, a fear of the Lord that's coming across the earth because I think we're encountering him in all places. Yeah. That that he's not compartmentalized anymore. Like it's not just in the church building, it's it's in the bathroom of the school. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. It's like he shows up
1: everywhere.
2: Yeah. Because he's after his bride. Yeah. That's what I would say.
1: That's good. I mean I think um, I think that that's I think the way that I would answer that now is that I think everything is shifting um, just in these last couple of weeks. Um, and what God is doing is is changing, I think, quite um, drastically and dramatically. and I agree with um, with Kim's you know, with what she said about the way that the Lord is moving, it's, it is in the least likely places Mm. and uh, with the least likely people. And we've had, we've had the privilege of meeting some of the most treasured people, I believe in the Lord's heart. Um, And we, I mean, we could share stories for hours (laughs) on the people that we've met and what they've been through. and, and, how how God leads people through. I right. mean, t- and some of them honestly are 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 not believers yet, and we're seeing God saving people and preserving them for this time. And just anyway, I'm not sure what what more to say about that. I just um,
2: I think we got dialed down for a while in our in our theology and and we don't understand that the the love that he had to hang on that cross to actually go to the cross is still the love that he has in his heart to this day. He will fulfill his mission. Yeah. And I think our eyes are being opened to the beauty of his love for us yeah. In astounding ways. And, and you know, Joel talks about the great and terrible day of the Lord. And that makes me tremble inside, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I, it is going to be twofold.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And and I think we're coming into
0: that. What do you see? I know in, in conversations that we've had, um, I think we share a desire to really see the Lord raising up the next generation of those who will live in the way that you're living, who will live willing, uh, to not say no to the Lord and, and to go or to stay, you know, to do whatever it is that he's asking. Um, but specifically kind of in the area of missions, what do you see kind of in the next generation that the Lord's raising up, um, Maybe starting with your own team, how the Lord's you know kind of raising that up, and how He is, what wisdom He's giving you for that, or what challenges there are, um, and then just broader, you know.
1: I would like to jump in first, and then I'm sure you'll have Go something, something different. But what I, what I what I want to say is that, you know the 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 great commission is about making disciples and it's about making disciples who then would make disciples and on and on and on. And that would be the next generation and the next generation. And one of the stories that, um, we had um, in 2012 in South Sudan, we had a a young girl that came to us. Uh, She was 11 years old. She was just cute and funny and creative and all of that, and she has grown up with us. She's still with us now. She's 22 years old. She says that she's been with us for half of her life now, mm. and um, she's on her way to university. She did her testing and tested out of her first year requirements because her test score was high enough that she didn't she didn't have to go through the, the freshman requirements in university and she wants to go back to South Sudan and be a pharmacist and do something to add something to her nation. Wow. And when she was you know going through some testing, she was away from home for a while and she was out in another part of Ethiopia and it was near the Somali border and there are Somali you know people in that area and it's a very very Muslim area. And she was looking for a church and found a church, and the first day that she was at church, the pastor went outside because there was a disturbance outside the church, and he was stoned by by extremists and mm. came back in bloodied and bruised and shared mm-hmm. the gospel. And our daughter was back in church, and sometime later she was asked to preach, and she is Preaching with passion and with fire and we were we told her we're so proud of you, we're so proud of you for for the way that you're standing up for the Lord. And she said, I take after my mom.
0: Hmm. I love that.
1: <laughs> and she's talking about Mama Kim here, and it's like it's something those are the things, those are those treasures in our hearts that are um you know Making disciples was not supposed to be like an easy task or a once a week thing. It's a pouring into people's lives and raising them up. And what she has done and she has seen consistently this is how my mom behaves. Yeah. And this is how my mom walks out the gospel. And this is how my mom preaches the gospel. And this is how, and she sees that and she's taken that into her heart. And that's how she—that's how she's moving ahead in life. And yeah. so, anyway, that's something that you know. We have a, a few success stories. We have some other stories as well, and we've got some in progress. And so, um, but that's a—that's one of those things of the next generation really needs to be. Um, what we have to be doing, I think, to answer your question, kind of in a backwards way. What we need to be doing as um, in, in our generation is raising up disciples in a way that's going to be meaningful to the next generation and bringing them into an expression of the gospel that is going to reach their peers, and, and how do we do that? And so I think that's the big question, and it really is day in and day out, and um, so that's what I would... That's what I would say about that is, like, how we raise up a team. but
2: there, There's a fire on this generation, um, a, a fire for truth, a hunger for truth. Yeah. And, yeah. and um, I think they're seeing their peers being swept away, and they have questions. And so for a long time, we brought the kids into the kingdom in this way, using a salvation prayer, and it left them with more questions than they had answers.
0: Mm.
2: And I think now those that are coming into the kingdom have really considered the costs. And they're after this man, Christ Jesus. They wanna know the reality. And that's why even though Brad talks about making disciples, we go at it from sons and daughters. Mm-hmm. Like, God created this beautiful family. Yeah. And we have to do life with each other. We have to give them room to make a mess, and we have to encourage them to clean up their mess. Mm-hmm. And and um, a lot of ways, they inspire us because they're they're going for it, and... They're going to be the agents of change in the earth yeah. that, that God needs in this hour to really bring in his kingdom. They're going to usher in the kingdom. And it's not that us older generation, we don't stand. Um, we're, we're lost and forgotten and, and deconstructed. <laughs> Let me address that. But, you know, we all have a vital part to play. And I'll go down kicking and screaming, you know. Yeah. It's, it's like we all have a part to play. But um, I love to see a young person filled with passion, and we have some fiery ones on our team. Yeah, you know that have overcome huge obstacles, where uh, pr- uh, challenges for their children. You know, they're on the mission field, raising a family. That's no easy task. Right, saying goodbye to the comforts of home, being in hospitals with their sick children that are substandard um yeah but what their kids gain out of that is really seeing a witness to the gospel of christ like look at what mom and dad are doing they've chose to raise us in a foreign environment um so it's a a lot of fun it's a lot of work but I don't know where to go from there i just i I love being surrounded by young
0: people. It keeps us young, yeah, you know, yeah, and they have to keep up with you <laughs> with both of you
1: we've We've been told that we wear them out, yeah <laughs> <laughs> I can see that
0: for sure. <laughs> I think um, I'd like to ask you a little bit. So that was a little bit more kind of an in the missions world, which really it's funny that I'm about to make a distinction between the mission field, and I'm going to ask you a question about the church, and it's telling. All of a sudden, I go, "Wow, that's really interesting." But I I know that you visit a lot of different churches when you're back home. Um, you have different churches that you're in relationship with, and you have a chance to speak and and share friendship with them. One of my questions would be, what do you see in the in the church itself? You know, just kind of looking at the the global landscape of the church? Um, you know, what are you seeing? What are you seeing the Lord doing that is in common? Um, you know, what are some of the things that you're seeing that you see as challenges or that's um, bringing hope, you know, just what are you seeing in that? That's a unique perspective that you have Mm -hmm. that a lot of us don't have.
2: Are you talking globally or in the Western church or which one do you want?
0: Let's talk about the (laughs) Western church. They're a little different. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Let's let's talk about the Western church for, for for a minute, because I think they are different. Even Brad, when you were talking about discipleship, I was thinking about what that means in the Western church versus the story you just told about, um, you know, in the in that um, your daughter being in that church and and um, the cost really is the same. You know, the cost is is our life, whether it means Unto death, or act unto actually giving God our life, you know. Um, so, yeah, talk a little bit about what are you seeing in the Western Church.
1: Okay, one of the things that we, that that I would say that I have observed or that we've seen in the Western Church, is that what is becoming more consistent i think is that f- at least from what we've seen the word of god is really being preached and that has been amazing to see there are great teachers and great preachers in the most unlikely places mm. and i love that that's exciting to that's exciting to me and um and we love that one of the things that um that we also see consistently is as far as you know you know we come you know with a with a missions perspective and with a you know an international go in our hearts and and that's what we're that's kind of what we're aiming at yeah and what we often see in the in the western church is, you know, we hear things like, "I could never do what you do. Mm. And I just don't think that's true. <laughs> so um, I'm not sure what else. Um, what else we see in the church? Um, I think there are a lot of people that are full of passion. And not sure how to proceed. Hmm. Um that's my that's my opinion, I guess. That's
0: like wanting to see the earth impacted for Jesus, but not sure how to step into that or
1: I think I think there are people that are kind of, that are stirred by the Lord. This is just uh, and this is maybe not a fair view of things. I, I'm not sure, but I think there are a lot of people that, um, that get stirred with passion by the spirit of the Lord, by the word of the Lord and all of that. And um, what the only outlet that I think a lot of people can see is the pulpit at their home church. Yeah. And so then they're wondering why, like, they're burning with passion and they don't understand why I don't have an opportunity to share that. Yeah. And so then that, you know, kind of builds up and can cause some hard feelings and, and things like that. But um, there, you know, there are plenty of outlets. I just think that I'm not sure if people know how to discover those those things. I guess that's one of the things that I would say.
0: Yeah.
2: Are you looking to me? i um, I had an answer for you about two seconds ago and it left me. <laughs> that's okay. And if you
0: and if you don't, we can yeah. you know, but we'll give it ooh, give it a second. I can
2: shrink this time down. So
0: it just goes like Okay. Okay.
2: Um because I, I really did it was um I can see it in the spirit. And um I think we're getting back to truth. I think we're coming out of um out of motivational speaking and coming back to truth. Mm and there's a there's a shift in the body there's a separation in the body the sh- of mm. you know the plumb line was dropped yeah and i think a lot of people are looking ahead going wow this is messages that they probably heard 20 years ago on eschatology or jesus coming back for his bride and you know you kind of file those away and do life and get numb to it it's 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 easy to be numb in the u.s and um i think that reality is really coming to the front and center of people's conversations and uh talk at the dinner table yeah and it's exciting to see it it's like I hope I can say this and not offend people but I feel like the Western churches are rising out of the ashes yeah and she'll come into her true purpose
0: yeah (laughs) Yeah.
1: and
2: uh, so that's kind of what I'm seeing is just kind of the unveiling And we'll see where the Lord where the Lord takes us in that. Yeah. It's it's a difficult road, I think, for pastors right now. Because there are a lot of questions. Uh, there's a emotions are really charged right now, mm-hmm. and how to navigate around our feelings, and bring the truth of the Word into that situation. Um. I think is. The challenge that y'all are facing. Mm-hmm. So
0: that's good. Uh, coming back on a more personal note, um, if you were to look back over the last year, what would you say your biggest challenge has been? Um, that you're willing to share with us, and just where where the Lord met you in that. Just one challenge? <laughs> <laughs> you could do the top three. Uh, top
2: three, top 15. <laughs> um, we've had some sig- significant challenges this year. Mm. Um, we've been in the midst of a severe pruning and in the midst of s- severe betrayal mm. and really I think Renee, you and I talked about it the other day on the phone and and you really do open up the atmosphere when we're together. It's like we just we could talk for hours <laughs> um, but the the keeping our hearts clean from offense mm. and really believing God in the midst of those those. Uh, he loves he he disciplines, mm-hmm. and the pruning will produce uh, a bigger a bigger harvest or a uh, um, bigger harvest, so to speak yeah um, and that the sufferings of Christ will never be wasted when we identify with his sufferings, yeah, God's not going to waste that the tears the The brokenness, and I think what I where I want to live is in a humble heart Mm -hmm. before the Lord, and uh, knowing that nobody is nobody is above a fall is terrifying. Yeah, (laughs) you know, no matter how we purpose ourselves and how much we love Jesus, I I want to remain in a humble heart. and not walk in any offense, yeah, let the fear of the Lord be upon my life. so I would say um, that that challenge was big and real, and in the midst of it, you have the practical side of um, all the duties that you have to do to keep everyone else status quo, yeah. <laughs> Um, that's a challenge it's good to to find him in that secret place and uh be strengthened in the minute
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and just in a in a very practical sense just to just add a, a little tiny bit of detail to what Kim is saying in the midst of in the midst of betrayal and these kinds of trials, we're we're still feeding and educating and housing over seventy children. Right. And that doesn't stop because we're having a bad day. <laughs> Does that make sense? Right. I mean, like we've been through some betrayal, we've been lied to by people that we really trusted, people that have been with us for years, and it was it was Pretty. it was pretty tough, and we're and we're and we had some a lot of time spent navigating those situations, and we still have kids that need to be fed and and educated, and so that doesn't i mean you don't just take a break
0: right right <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: so that's the i think the yeah. challenge and so. and
2: believing God for the promises, yeah, you know when you can see them so clearly and You've given your life to that, and in one felt like a moment, everything came crumbling down. But um, we look back over, our prayer was to shine your light and expose anything dark. Yeah. And he did. And so we knew God was in the midst of it,
0: but it didn't feel good. (laughs) Right.
1: (laughs) To say the least.
0: (laughs) I love um, you know, that picture of pruning and, and I just want to testify to the fact that it's fruitfulness that brings forth pruning for more fruit mm-hmm. and just testimony to the fruitfulness of your ministry and the expectation and the trust in the Lord that I have that there will be even greater fruit on the other mm-hmm. side because it's Pruning is a reward, not a punishment. And I just see, I want to see the, the, the fruitfulness of yeah. what the Lord's doing in this for you guys. And um, tell me how, just places where the Lord sustained you in that. Give me a, a glimpse into his um, encouragement to you or how he met you. The Lord spoke to me last spring
2: and had told me that, that we were raising the sons of Issachar, mm. and then all hell broke loose. And where he sustained me was looking into the eyes of our South Sudanese sons yeah, and having them say, Mom, we stand with family. Mm. They didn't stand on tribal lines they stood with family yeah and seeing them actually take the reins and rise up against the opposition and do the things that they had seen us do in the past yeah really kept my heart alive in the midst of that mm-hmm. cuz you know, I'm I'm sixty four. I could've thrown up my hands and went home.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like sat with
2: my grandkids. I'm done. We're retiring. I'm done. <laughs> um, but it it was in those moments where we, we saw our sons and daughters really rise up. Mm. And we're going, There is there is life in the <laughs> there is life in the vine and it's it's coming. Mm. And now they're running full steam. Um A lot of our sons are overseeing our work in East Africa. We've passed the baton, and they're doing amazing. And so that's how the Lord sustained us in the midst of that. Wow. And lots of prayer. Like, we were on our faces before God a lot. Brad was hiding from bullets, but we were...
1: (laughs) Um,
2: (laughs) Some of us were praying.
1: You know, we... I mean, the thing is, uh, I say this a lot um but we really need Jesus and it's not that like okay we're saved and now we don't anymore no we really need Jesus we really need Jesus <laughs> yeah. and it's like and in those moments you realize i really yeah. need Jesus and yeah. so and i um i agree with what kim said and i um i was i was find such um such hope in the word and so i want to read a, the short passage of scripture and um, because, you know, you read these things and you, you, read them again and again and again, and then it's like, all of a sudden you're going, oh, okay, well then let's get through this and let's, Lord, help me be faithful. But, um, um, I'm going to kind of read a little passage of scripture. This is in first Peter chapter one, uh, Verse six says, rejoice in this, even though for a little while you may have to experience grief in various trials, even gold is tested for genuineness by fire. The purpose of these trials is so that your trust's genuineness, which is far more valuable than perishable gold, will be judged worthy of praise, glory, and honor at the revealing of Jesus, the Messiah.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's that... Kind of hit me like a ton of bricks, and it's like, okay, we really need to get through this well. And we need to honor Jesus the Christ in the midst of... It's really not about us, and it's not about the betrayal, and it's not about the lies, and it's not about any of that stuff. It's that we really need to be faithful and show our faith in Christ, and let that be enough. Yeah, And it doesn't feel good that doesn't make me feel better in the moment it was painful <laughs> it was horrible to go through but like but that's for us like yes prayer and yes the presence of the lord and yes all of that stuff and also the truth of his word it, you know if his word isn't true and we can't find a refuge there then we're really in trouble and so yeah. so that was a big one for me is scriptures yeah. like that you know where it's like okay well this wasn't the first time someone was betrayed. Right. The
2: <laughs> betrayal and the pain and everything else doesn't change who he is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we have to stand on that.
0: Yeah. So often when we go through a trial, it's that's the place that our faith is actually built in. It's faith is forged in that more so than really than the good the good times and the the miraculous times, what would you say you feel the Lord giving you faith for? as you as you look ahead as you what what do you feel that faith being forged? you know mm-hmm. what what are the the greater things the, that you feel the Lord giving you faith for? We were talking about this in the car. <laughs> <laughs> so
2: I'll let you go first, honey, and I'll clean up after that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it, may, it may require some cleanup. Um, this is, I mean... Um, this is for you personally. This is me personally.
2: But maybe somebody can glean from that.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I'm... i I don't know how to. I don't know where. To, I don't know how to frame this, and so I'll just spit it out, I guess. Um, I'm, I'm really asking for for that scripture, um, and I'm asking for. I'm asking for the faith. Um, to really, I, I'm asking to be faithful in the midst of suffering, because I believe that where we're going in the, in the world and where we're going in the gospel is, I mean, it's, it comes with suffering. I mean, that's, you know, Luke 14. I mean, the counting the cost is take up your cross and follow me. Yeah. And, and don't start with the gospel and woohoo I'm saved, but without, without going to the cross. Yeah. Um, and so I'm asking um, for myself that I would be faithful in the midst of whatever whatever may come. Yeah. That's just yeah. kind of where I'm at. That's
2: good. That's a good thought. Um, I've been sitting in this scripture for a while. It's Jeremiah 23. And it's Joshua speaking to the tribes of Israel before they go into the promised land. And I actually felt like this was a word for living waters. Mm. As Joshua said, you know with all your heart and with all your soul that none of the good promises the Lord your God made to you has failed. Everything was fulfilled for you and not one promise has failed. Mm. And... That's what I have hope for, because I have seen I have tasted i've I've seen glimpse glimpses of um, masses coming to the lord and and I'm not a stadium preacher, I'm not that's why, like I said, we're called gather one we're we're about the one in front of us, but if that one finds one and that one finds one, yeah, you know what I'm saying, the multiplicity of that. I can see the harvest that has been prophesied over the years of people turning to the Lord and it may happen in an instant, but I have faith for whole nations coming to God and and really taking that place of righteousness and revealing to the earth and being a witness to the earth of who God is. And, and that's what we live for, <laughs> is to that end, that he would come back and find faith in the earth. Mm-hmm. That's my cry.
0: Mm. Oh, that's good. Um, as we end our time, I just want to give you a couple minutes to share with us what are some things that we can be praying for you And for your team, one of the things I'm hearing in your hearts is we can pray as Jesus asked us to for the harvest, for workers to go into the harvest, because I believe the harvest will surely come, (laughs) as you say. Um, But what can we pray specifically for you and your team?
2: I would say great wisdom in this hour. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in COVID, we saw a shift in moving in and out of the nations, and the Lord spoke to me and said, I will get you across every border that you need to get across.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And our team, we've got 10 or 11 different missionaries in different locations that have a heart for those regions, and we need wisdom on when and how to travel. Mm-hmm. Um We need an incredible amount of grace in these times to know that even though we're moving in this direction, if God says turn right, we're going to have to turn right. Mm -hmm. And I believe that we're living in the days of Acts and, and beyond that, where listening to the Holy Spirit is, it always has been vital, but we haven't been good at it. And I think now we need to get good at it because he's going to have to say, turn left. we we had uh, families leaving a persecuted nation one time where there there was a mass exodus coming out of this nation. And we had some safe houses, and they found those safe houses being led by the Holy Spirit because it was critical that they knocked on the right door. Wow. and And that's our prayer that we would have massive discernment in this hour, that we would have the wisdom and the counsel of God upon our lives, and that we would also have means and men. You know, we, we gotta have manpower to help us in these different places that we're going. We're opening a base in South Sudan. We're gonna need leaders to come with us. We're gonna need people who are in it for Jesus and not for a good Facebook post. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's time that that um, we advance. God is calling us to advance. We don't run from the battle. We run into it.
0: Yeah.
2: And so those would be prayer points. Amen. Amen. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, our commitment to you uh, as Living Waters is that we will pray for you we'll pray into those things we, we so appreciate the uh, relationship that we've developed where we can stay in connection where we can keep some of those needs in front of our body and as we close would you be willing to pray for us at, at Living Waters just Absolutely. take a couple minutes and pray <laughs> <laughs> my husband just pointed at me
2: so he can't <laughs> is that kind of the same as the Holy Spirit yeah,
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> Oh, Jesus, Lord, there's no place like home. (laughs) And I thank you for the connectivity that we're witnessing in the earth, in the churches, and um, just how we come together as one body. And that the victories here at Living Waters are our victories. and and vice versa. Thank you. Or this church, I just I just see you renewing uh, your promises, renewing hope, Lord. Those that have lost hope, those who have forgotten the promises that you made, Lord, I see you bringing them to their attention. And I thank you, God, that you are the promise keeper, that you are the way maker. Um, this church is a church that honors and glorifies your name. It stands resolute in this community to seek and save the lost. And I pray, God, that Your glory and your presence would just increase. That hearts would surrender to the uttermost. Lord, your word says that you save us to the uttermost. Show us what that looks like. Lord, I pray for those who have been on the outside to come on the inside. I pray for those that have been broken and wounded to rise up out of the ashes and surrender their lives to you. Oh, Lord, I see this place as such a safe harbor for so many, for so many, God. Let your heart and your passion just burn within this place. Uh I thank you for the leadership that's here, God. I thank you for their strength. I thank you for their integrity. I thank you for their wise counsel. And, Lord, none of us want to be anywhere where you're not, and I thank you that this is a place of your habitation. So I thank you, God, for this family, um, for bringing us here, for bringing us together. Mm. And I pray for the children. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just see such glory being poured out upon the children of the living waters, that the very name of this church would flow through its people from the youngest to the Forever. oldest. In the mighty name of Jesus, mm. Amen. Amen.
1: Father God, I just I pray, Lord, that um, these passionate lovers of who You are, Lord, would um, would be compelled by Your love, in the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ, and um, even according to Second Corinthians five, compelled by love, convinced that um, that You Died on their behalf, and yet, and and again, were raised. And so, uh, Lord, I pray that there would just be those that are compelled by your passion, by your purpose, compelled by the reality of your kingdom, compelled, Lord, in your in your grace and mercy and love,
0: yes,
1: to declare your word, to seek the lost, to um, to move out, Lord in great faith and great boldness for the things that you're calling us to. I pray, Lord, that there would just be just this just uh, compelled. I just keep feeling compelled by love, compelled by love, compelled by love. Um, So, Lord, I thank you um, for those uh, burning with passion in this house and in this family. Lord, I pray, Lord, that there would be those that are that are the sent ones, that they would be sent out, sent on a mission, sent with a purpose. Lord, the Mm -hmm. sent ones would be sent out from this place in glory and in grace and in mercy and love, ready, Lord. Yes, God. Ready for your will to manifest on earth as in heaven. Yes, In Jesus' name.
2: Amen.
1: And I do, um, as just as, as Kim was As Kim was praying and wrapping up and talking about the name of the church, it's just it's interesting because I had this kind of stirring in me from some weeks ago. It was um, the Feast of Tabernacles was just a short while ago, and Mm -hmm. and um, you know it was during that time that that Jesus stood up. You know, he was in the temple. He stood up and, in a loud voice, he said, "Um, "Anyone who's thirsty can come to me and drink." And out of his, out of his, out of his innermost being, rivers of living water will flow. And so we, you know, we often come because we're thirsty. We come to Jesus because we need a drink. We need something to satisfy our thirst in our souls. And what He gives us is more than enough for anyone that we would ever come into contact with. Yes. We're looking for a cup of water, and he's giving rivers yeah. flowing through mm-hmm. us. And so um, I just believe that the thirsty that are coming here are going to be overflowing with living waters. Yes. Mm-hmm. In I Jesus' saw that. name.
2: <laughs> I saw a real stirring upon the, the children
1: in the children's thank ministry you, so. let it be so
0: yes wow well thank you so much for um, just your investment into us through sharing um, your testimony through sharing um, your hearts with us and um, we just appreciate your prayer and, and our prayers are for you as well bless you to uh, step into everything that God is calling you to. And we thank you for the ways that you inspire us to be all in. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having us.